0: Welcome back to episode number 20 of the NP Dude. I am Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice, and that is our voice, all of our voices, your voice, my voice, everybody. Let me be your mouthpiece. So keep the comments and questions coming. Uh, Facebook is getting a lot of response, so I appreciate that. Uh, still getting up, uptick in the uh, daily downloads, which is really impressive to still see that um, just really appreciative of you guys. You guys are doing a great job helping me get this out there and sharing it and letting other people know. And uh, so we're, we're having some fun and learning some stuff along the way. And I think we're getting deeper and deeper into things, which is kind of fun. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was a response to um, a pretty common discussion across the country. So this one is for everybody. Everybody can be involved in this. But I'm going to talk specific about Ohio but you'll get the idea of why it's important for everybody to understand this because you may be doing something that's not quite right according to the board of nursing in your state. And you might want to check it out just to be safe on your side. So what am I talking about? Well, one of the, the, the Facebook threads that I saw that came up was, Hey, I work in ED and, um, or I'm going to go work in an ED as an FMP. What, what do I need to worry about? And, um, I made a comment that said, you know, in Ohio, that's kind of a big deal, and that spurred a whole other sub-thread to that. So I didn't mean to hijack that, that that Facebook post, and I hope I didn't because I don't try to do that, um, and I'm usually pretty subservient when I when I give, you know, hey, here, check this episode out on Facebook. You know, I just kind of give a link to it, say here, take a look and see um, if this is a, you know, works for you. So I didn't mean to t- hijack that. So I apologize to whoever started that thread, but. It was an important topic, and, and it brought out a couple things that um, that are really kind of a big deal right now, and it's a firestorm. It really is a firestorm in Ohio, and I'll give some backstory about Ohio. That's why it's not really necessarily important for everybody to be, be hearing the backstory, but the idea is important. So in Ohio, the way it works is that up until October of last year, if you wanted to decide if something was or was not within your scope of practice, there was a two-page PDF That was basically an algorithm that you used that said, do you have, you know, training in this? Do you have a certification? Do you have some kind of, you know, on the job training to do a task? And it was task oriented, not, not like who hires you oriented. So you could work as an FNP in an emergency department and that was fine. They didn't care. They didn't say anything about that. But the problem was is that if the tasks that you were doing in the emergency department weren't within your education, weren't within a certification that you had, weren't within a certain series of training that you had sign-off sheets saying that you've done it, you know, three or four times or you know whatever, and there's no guidance on that, right, in Ohio. And it's hopefully better in other states. But there was no guidance, and so there was this relatively useless document that actually, if you went back and listened to my malpractice discussion uh, episode where I described the standard of care and um, the reasonably prudent you know, nurse practitioner, they actually used that standard on the second page, and I didn't even know that. I went back and reread the whole thing yesterday just because I was like, pfft. This thing is dumb. And I know I've read it in the past, but it actually has that in there as, you know, are you breaching the standard of care? Well, God, I would hope not, right? So the the question then becomes, okay, I've been hired by an emergency department. I'm a family nurse practitioner by, by certification. Um, am I allowed to do chest tubes? Well, not really because i was never trained on that i don't have sign offs on that so now but does that mean i could be well sure yeah i could get a certification in acute care i could get a certi- you know i could have the physicians sign off that i've done a dozen of these things with them or whatever you feel comfortable that makes you an expert quote unquote in, in achieving the standard of care so this guidance sheet was what was used up until october well in october the, the board of nursing had had numerous situations where they that where people were filing complaints with the board that family nurse practitioners were doing things that were acute care oriented and who would give a crap right why, why, you know if you're trained to do it and you're functional in doing it well here's what was happening <clears throat> this is the allegations anyways of what i've heard and this is purely rumor so i'm spreading the rumors like wildfire and that's fine right but uh, this is what i would expect it to be too either a resident <clears throat> that was pissed off that an NP was doing a job that they were supposed to be doing when they were done or an acute care NP was pissed because they were you know, hired to do all this. And then some FNP steps in and, and, you know, is stepping on toes. So it was essentially a political infighting, you know, just people pissed at each other and somebody filed several complaints with the board prior to October. And I think there's been a bunch after this too, so that's why it's it's a big deal now. Well, in October, the board puts out a magazine called the Momentum Magazine. It's an e magazine that if you have a license, you get an email and says, "Here, read read and see what's going on in the state." And so in that in that e magazine, and I remember reading it when it came out. I was like, "Ooh, that doesn't sound good." And it said basically that. Um, that two page algorithm doesn't apply anymore for acute care. Basically is how it came out. They didn't come out and say that they insinuated it. Like the Ohio border nursing always does. They just insinuate that something's going to change. They never tell you it's changed. So the question then became was, well, is it categorically you have to be certified in acute care to be able to do emergency department? And that's the, that was the debate. Well, Ohio Association of Advanced Practice Nurses or OAAPN came out and had an opinion piece because they were so vague in the momentum that they said, Well, we think that this means that you um you no longer can be an FNP and be hired to work in the emergency department. Because OAAPN and the Board of Nursing buttheads. They don't like each other. And and that's, you know, for probably good reason. But but um you know, OAPN is is there for us, the nurses, and the Ohio Board of Nursing is there to protect the public, quote unquote. So the question then becomes is, you know, they're not working well together. They're fighting. They both have differing ideas of what we should and shouldn't be allowed to do. And you've got people propagating this information out there, and it's getting – it's just it's, – the more it spreads, the more people don't know what to do, right? So – The question then becomes, does that algorithm still apply for this situation or do you have to actually be an acute care certification in your back pocket for you to even just work in the ED, because you could work in an ED and do like fast track, where people come in and you're doing triage, and you're you know you know if it's cough and cold and stuff, you can get them out of there, and if it's something that requires a chest tube or anything big deal, you send them to the physician or to the to the acute care NPs and let them put the chest tube and and you know intubate them and do all the other stuff that that is required for acute care. Well, the question being is which one do we do? We don't know, right? So there's not been a lot of guidance. Now the OAAPN did a double take on that original opinion that they wrote and came back after the fact and said, no, 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 we screwed up. We're, we don't, we're not telling you, uh, you know, people that are working in the ED to, to quit because it's not necessarily a big deal. But they, because they gave some statistics and said that, you know, about 70% of the, the NPs working in the emergency department are FNPs. In the state of Ohio. So they didn't want, you know, 70% of the NPs to just disappear and quit their jobs because they screwed up in their logic of interpreting some vague article that was written by the Ohio Board of Nursing. So they did a double take on it. And so we're still stuck in this, what do we do? You know, and so my recommendations, and, and you could still use the algorithm and it still applies and it does give you good guidance. But my recommendation is, if you're an FNP and you get hired in an emergency department, you better. In my, this is just my view. You better be working on a, a you know, a postgraduate certificate in acute care. Period. Because that's the only way you're really going to be protected. Because if something happens and it gets filed with, you know, a complaint gets filed against you, like a, a lawsuit, right? Somebody dies in the ER. Uh, maybe it was your fault. Maybe it wasn't. doesn't matter. You've got your malpractice insurance. We've talked to that, about that before. So go listen to those shows. But the, the problem is, is that if something happens and the board finds out that you were working there and you didn't necessarily have that certification, how good is the evidence to prove that you should be qualified to do that? Well, my doctor signed off on six times that I did a chest tube and the person had a collapsed lung and died. Whatever. You know what I mean? Well, it is six times enough? How many hours did it was it? Was there really true good supervision or did they just sign the piece of paper? Um, yeah, so th- that becomes the question, right? And do you want to put yourself out there that far to potentially lose your license over for something that's going to take you nine months? If that's really what your passion is and you want to work in the emergency department, but you want to treat everybody of all ages and you did FNP, but you want to get an acute care certificate, go get the certificate. It sucks that you got to go do that, but that's my recommendation. That would cover yourself 100% that you'd be covered. You get the right certification right off the bat. Don't don't hesitate. And, and, and I would I would write that into my deal with them. And if they say, oh, no, you don't need that, you say, uh, yeah, yes, we do. And it proves to me that you don't understand the scope of practice Issues in Ohio, that that um, you know maybe I don't I don't work at this ED you know with these these laxadysical if they're that laxadaisical with my license they they obviously don't give a crap about me they just want a body to be able to see patients and that, you know whatever so that that's what my recommendation would be get the certification Joe go get your certification Joe I'm talking to one of my buddies. Um, so that, that was kind of the, the big thing there. And, and if somebody else has more information, now I've seen some emails coming through uh, about some other Ohio issues. And one was that and I was really shocked to see, and I, I still don't believe it. And it was res- with respect to our, con- our certificate to prescribe. And I've talked about this in the past. In Ohio, we, have to, we currently have two licenses. And in April, and there's still some question as to, is it April 4th or April 6th? Now it's saying April 6th, I'm seeing. So I was originally right. I said April 6th, and then I corrected myself because I saw somebody say it was April 4th. Now it's back to April 6th. I don't know. So just think tax day. By tax day this year, you will have a new law in Ohio for advanced practice nurses, slightly. And what it does is it basically eliminates the certificate to prescribe because we have two licenses. We have an, a certificate of authority, which is our APRN license, and then we have a CTP to actually prescribe medicines. And they're going to jam those two things together. Literally, that's all they're doing. And they'll probably just keep our COA numbers and just change change it and delete the CTP. Well, in Ohio, we also have a 1,500-hour externship. So what happens with those, right? So my... my opinion was that they were going to roll that 1,500 hours into our COA. That was me guessing. Well, I saw an email yesterday that said, um, it was on Facebook, and they copied and pasted it from their email and said, this is what I got from them. And it said, um, as of April 6th, your CTP will no longer exist, and you will no longer need to complete your externship hours, period. I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> I just don't trust them. I, I would love to say I trust the Ohio Board of Nursing, but I just don't. You know, Anytime you give an administrative government agency the ability to make decisions, they will be so vague and so random that you have to just overprotect yourself to make sure you're covered. And for me, I'm keeping track of my externship hours. I'm right in that middle, so I would, it does affect me. Um, but I'm going to keep doing it anyways and keeping track of them because I just don't trust these guys. And, and that way, if they ever come back later and say, oh, well, you know, there was a complaint against you and we'll, let's see where your externship powers. And they say, no, you guys said you didn't need to. And they'll say, point to where we said that. Well, somebody on Facebook said it. <laughs> uh-uh. Sorry, I'm keeping track. I, I just don't trust them. So, uh, I encourage you guys to do the same. It's not a lot of work to do that, but you know, it's it's just it's a headache. It's one more thing you got to keep track of when you're starting out, and it's you know, it's just more time. But I'd rather be safe than uh, than have to pay the price later. So that was the other Ohio thing, and then and then the only other thing I wanted to talk about. This will be a really short show, but. Um, there, I had a couple comments that were on Facebook and in the web page that that I thought were really good. And I just want to bring them up. And I and I appreciate the comments because these are these, This is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I had one comment that was on uh, on the blog that was below my um my my show. Um, and it pretty much said, Jeff, keep it you know keep it short. Don't go long. And you know, there's been studies that show that you know the adult learners. After you know, a half hour or so, you, you, you just aren't going to retain that information. And I, I have a couple comments, and I, I responded back and said, I appreciate that. That's a good point. And I try to keep my shows between 20 and 30 minutes. And there's there's some reasons why I'm doing that. Um, if, if I do a 10-minute show, it's going to take me more time to prep it, get it converted, the files, get everything scrubbed, listen to it, make sure everything looks all right before I actually publish it than the amount of content that I'm going to produce. So that's one of the reasons that my shows are going to be a little bit on the longer side, 20, 30 minutes. Because if I do a 10-minute show on a topic and do four of them in a day, I'm going to spend an hour, hour and a half publishing for you know, 30 minutes a show. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So this is a hobby for me. Um, it's purely to be entertainment and hopefully learn something from everybody for me too and so that was kind of the reasoning for that but the other thing is too is when you listen to most of the podcasts that are out there they're anywhere from 45 minutes an hour to four or five hours i do hardcore history i listen to that one all the time And, and dan carlin goes like five hours straight it's amazing right so i mean Some of these things are really long and and yeah, it's long, but if it's entertaining, hopefully it's not painful to listen to. If it's painful to listen to, don't listen, (laughs) switch to something else. If, or if you like the idea of it, give me feedback on like, okay, these are this is why it's painful for me to listen to you. And I will publish those comments, I promise. I, if people give me criticisms for the sake of making making this better, I will always publish those comments. If you're just being a troll just to be a jerk, I won't do that. I haven't had any of those. So I'm hoping I don't, but I'm, eventually I will. If I get trolled, that means I'm doing something right. I'm making people think. Um, so I'm okay with that too. So that was one of the comments. The other comment came in on my, one of my Facebook, um, pages. It was a buddy, Alan. Alan, if you're out there listening, I appreciate it, man. Keep listening. Tell all your buddies at work, um, out there in New Mexico, keep, keep the, uh, keep the show expanding out there too. Um, and he said, you know what? We're talking about, uh, the advanced practice scope of practice going to full authority in South Dakota. And, and the question then becomes, okay, well, what happens after we get full practice authority, what about admitting privileges to the hospitals? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Ohio, man. We're so repressive here that I didn't even think about that one yet. So that was a great idea. And so that might be one that we do, I think, down the line. My my initial impression is I don't really want to work in a hospital, so I really don't care if I get admitting privileges. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to. So I I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. Let's do it. Let's go all the way. But I think, you know, at least in Ohio and in – um. Still, a majority of the states, we have a, a lot bigger battle to worry about. And he's he's in New Mexico, and they got full practice already. So he's already, like, thinking this way, you know. So so the perception is a little bit different, I think, in those states that already have full practice authority. You know, we're still just fighting to, to be considered, a, you know, better than a mid-level, quote-unquote. I hate that word, but, you know, it is what it is. So that's, that was another good comment. So those are the kinds of things I'm looking for because the, the ideas of um, what's important to you guys, and, and that would be a great th- thread on, on Facebook we could start and get some dialogue going back and forth, is what do you guys think about uh, those states, you guys in full practice authority states, what do you think about getting full privilege uh, ability to, to do that into the, to, uh, the hospitals and admit patients in hospitals? I personally don't care. I don't want to work in a hospital ever again. I'm good. I like outpatient. That's why I did family. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't admit patients and and do that. Now, some some places they do, I think, allow you to admit through the physician. You get privileged, right? And you, you can go work in the hospital under the physician that you're working with collaboratively. But I don't know functionally if there's that much of a difference or not. I don't know. So that was kind of what I have today. This is a shorter one; it's only about 18 minutes, and I hope it's not uh, too short for you guys. I hope I'm hitting some of the fun topics. I really have been having a blast. It's just it's great to be on Facebook and, and say, man, these people are having questions, and I'm you know I've I did a show exactly on this, and I can just link to it and say, here, go listen to this. If you have questions, then email me. And I've oh, I've got another one. I had a really good exchange uh, through email over the weekend so far um, with somebody that was in in a contract that was really pretty oppressive and was just looking for guidance. And so some of the, the issues that you see with the contracts aren't really issues with, with the contract itself. And here's what I mean. The contract may be extremely overburdening on you. You made a bad deal and it sucks. And you got to do something. It's going to be painful no matter what you do to get out of it. You just have to find the least painful way to get out of it. That's where the lawyer comes in. Okay. But with, what's going to happen is, you know, I'm getting questions like, are they going to be mad at me? Or are they going to be, are they going to ne- give me a good reference? Or, you know, and I'm like, I can't answer those. No lawyer is going to be able to answer those types of questions because those aren't legal questions. Those are political questions, political questions. And you don't know what you're going to get with that. So, you know, when somebody says, I'm really worried about whether I'm going to get a good reference from somebody, well, then you go up and ask them, will you give me a good reference? <laughs> and if they say no, don't use them uh, i, I don 't know how to answer those ones, and so when I get those questions, I usually say, "Yeah,' I don't know, what do you think?" <laughs> and they don 't like that answer because they want me to tell them what to do, and i can 't tell someone what to do. number one, i 'm not practicing law for the, for you guys right now, so i 'm not going to do that, but number two. Most of these are political questions, and I don't know the political climate of what you're really going through through an email. And so it's not that I don't want to help. It's just that I can't help. And it's that you, if you go spend $1,000 for a lawyer to do that, you're not going to understand what he's doing for you. So that's what I'm trying to explain is that a lawyer will explain the contract to you and say, if you do this, this is what they can do to you. That's what they're going to do, but they're, they're not going to be able to tell you that you're not going to get a good reference. They're not going to be able to tell you if there's a committee somewhere in there that has to approve your termination, whether they will do it or not. He doesn't know the climate of the company. He doesn't know how that inner working of the organization are, uh, or she, she doesn't know that. So the, 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 those questions are just really, really just, and they're painful because I want to help people. Um, and, I, and I want to give them good guidance, but you've got to be realistic about, you know, if you can't, if you don't feel comfortable going to your supervisor or a trusted professional that works in the facility and say, will you give me a good reference when I leave here? Chances are you're not doing a good job. I'm not trying to be sarcastic and I'm not trying to be mean, but if you don't know like one good physician or another nurse practitioner, that's a senior person there or an administrator in that organization that really likes you, then you're not doing it right. You just aren't. And, and so I would, I would recommend start putting feelers out with the people that you trust and say, Hey, if I were ever to go and leave, would you give me a good reference? And can I use you for that in the future, just in case, or can I get a letter of reference now? And, um, and have them sign it. So those are things you can do now. So you give, just know what you're looking at politically, and, and don't be afraid of terminating a contract. Everybody's afraid, I'm going to get in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble. You have a right to break any agreement you make. It's just whether you are going to have to pay money or do something like that. Now, they cannot force you to stay. That's indentured servitude. We talked about that. So don't worry about pissing people off if you don't care what they think. of. If they already don't like you, Who cares what they think? You're not going to use them as a reference. So just break the deal and get the hell out of it. That's, I mean, but find out what the ramifications are because some of these, I mean, I'm seeing numbers out there from people that could be a lot of money if you don't do it right. So those are the people, if it's more than like, A paycheck, you know, if you're thinking like two or three grand, eh, yeah, get me out of this thing. But when you're talking 50 grand to get out of a contract, that's when you want to talk to a lawyer, because they can at least navigate you through what they can and can't do legally in your state and what's enforceable. So, that was a good email exchange, and I appreciate it. I promised this person I was not going to use their name or their exact situation, even though I was really wanting to because it was really onerous. It was really a really shitty contract. And um, not that I would want to you know, show, hey, look how bad this person negotiated. Just look how evil these companies can be. I mean, it was just so onerous. Um, so keep that in mind with that too. Just if if you have any doubts about a contract, it's three or 400 bucks for a lawyer to look at it for a couple hours and explain some of the provisions and keep in mind too, that a lawyer is always going to find something that they don't like in a contract and you have to be able to weigh the benefit and the cost of that, you know, down the line. So you just, but, but knowledge is power. So I I encourage you guys to see the lawyer. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just, you know, if you're sophisticated, you've been through this before, you can read your own contract and negotiate it. There's nothing magical about it. So anyways, I got some more contracts in there, right? Everybody loves contracts. They're great, great issues. And I I just, I I truly believe the termination stuff is just, it's so, it's always just gross and nitty gritty and you know, everybody's just pissed and (laughs) it's so destructive. And and so it's like watching a really bad, you know, just drama soap opera, you know what I mean? Um, and it's not that way when you're going through it. So I'm not trying to belittle that. It sucks when you're in it. But from my perspective, seeing all these different situations, it's just like, Oh man, I didn't think it could get any worse. And yet you just trumped the last one. So keep those things coming to me. I, I find them entertaining. And if I can help, I will. Um, don't forget email. You can email me at Jeff at the N P com. You can also get me at the N P on Facebook. You can message me through my Facebook page. You could uh, leave comments under the shows. You can leave a comment on my main page. You guys can, I think you can rate me as well. So I don't know if that's on there yet on my Facebook page. Maybe I have to put service or something. I think I have to do that. So maybe we'll get ratings up there. So if you guys think I suck, you guys can put that up there. Um, Maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know. No, I'm open source. You guys can say whatever you want. Um, You guys can get me on iTunes as well. I still haven't gotten anybody saying, yeah, I'm listening on iTunes. And I got to believe that some people are listening on their uh, podcast apps and through iTunes. So somebody just give me a shout out. It doesn't have to be public. If you like, you know, I don't want to post anything to him. Just go to Jeff at npdude.com. Send me an email and say, yeah, Jeff, I'm listening on iTunes. I'm just curious to see if people are listening this way. Um, I know I've got a couple daily listeners um, that have said, hey, uh, you're my new show uh, to listen to. So hopefully it's entertaining. I, I really do want to get some of my friends on. And I know I'm pushing on 25 minutes now because I, I said it was going to be done five minutes ago. But um, I've got some friends lined up it's just, we're all busy. We all got families. We're all in, you know, it's just, it's hard to get together now, especially when we're working all and we're all trying to recoup from, from being in school and, and, uh, fill the coffers back up a little bit. So we're all, we're all busy, but it'll be a fun show. And I I really want it to be like a once a week thing, but I just, I I think functionally, we're not going to be able to get people together that often. So keep the comments and questions coming. I really appreciate it. Having a blast and, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks guys.